Hey guys, don't forget to check out the Street Cop Training Conference 2023, April 23rd through the 28th, Nashville, Tennessee, the Gaylord at Opry. What a center, what a place. We have amazing speakers, amazing training, five of the most impactful days of your career. Check it out at streetcop.com. You do not want to miss out. There is a room code available for a discounted room. Sign up now at streetcop.com. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. Today I want to do a podcast episode at a request off of Instagram. This episode will be about how do I become a police officer and what does that entail? How do I choose a police agency? What do I do? What can I expect? We get a lot of questions from people who are not cops yet, who may not have direction. So I have written down a series of questions that I've been asked in the past, and I'm going to give you guys the answers to these questions that I've commonly given in the past. So typically, people always want to know, what can I expect when applying for a police job? Or where do I begin when applying for a police job? The first thing I want to tell everybody, and I tell everybody the same thing, is the internet is your friend. Years and years and years ago, when I first got hired in the law enforcement field, the internet actually, I hate to date myself, wasn't a big thing. So you had to actually get a paper application, fill it out, send it in. You had to call around, you had to pick up applications and permits. If I was starting law enforcement now, the first place I would go is to the internet. There are several websites that now will actually advertise on behalf of law enforcement agencies. The good news and the bad news about becoming a cop now, the good news is everybody's hiring. The bad news is the media has painted the police in such a negative conotone that there have been far less people interested in this profession. But again, the good news is if you're so committed to this profession, and you want to be a cop, it has never been this easy to get a police job here in the United States. 21 years ago, when I first got on the job, it was extremely competitive. In some states, it still is very competitive, but overall, it is not that difficult. So, first question I have is, do I need college to become a cop? And the answer is, well, it depends. Where do you want to be a cop? A lot of you have been told you need college to be a cop, but contrary to popular belief, Majority of police departments do not require a college degree. So what should you do? Well, once you've identified maybe three to five agencies that you may want to work for, and I'll go over what to look for in picking and selecting an agency if you actually have the ability to, you can just find out what their requirements are and reverse engineer it. So if I want to work at this police department, let's call it Gotham City Police Department, to not put any other police department out there, I'm going to go to their website and look at the qualifications needed to become a police officer. I'd also want to try to find out, do I need college to get promoted here? And if the answer is no, then don't worry about going to get an associate's degree or a master's degree or a bachelor's degree because you're essentially just wasting time, energy, and effort. If there is a 21-year-old minimum age requirement and you're 18, you could actually shop around. There's a lot of police departments that will hire at the age of 18. I don't know if it's a state law where you live or it's not, but I would probably get into dispatching if that's what you plan to do to get a feel for the law enforcement community. Whatever I can do to get my feet wet in the interim while waiting to turn 21 to meet the minimum qualifications. The next question I typically get is, do I need military? Again, it's the same answer. You don't have to go to the military because you want to become a cop. When I graduated high school, a lot of people that I went to high school with enrolled in the military, which is an honorable thing. I'm not denouncing it, but I didn't want to go to the military. That was not for me. 
or at least what I believed wasn't for me. So by the time everybody started coming back from their four-year terms in the military, I would run into guys and girls at the bar, and they would say, uh, I would say, you know, welcome back. How was, you know, being away? Oh, it was good. I lived here. I lived there. Fort Bragg, all this stuff. And, and they, I'd say, what are you up to now? Well, I'm going to become a cop. And they go, well, what are you doing? I go, uh, I'm a cop. Like, what do you mean you're a cop? I go, you know, no, you guys went to the military. I found out in college, because I didn't know any cops, that I could take the civil service test when I was 18. I scored decently, got into law enforcement. And yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a cop now. So I was already a few steps ahead of them because they were just misguided on what the proper approach was. They thought they had to go to the military. And unfortunately, what they came to find out was, well, first of all, let me back this up a little bit. Here in the state of New Jersey, in a lot of states, they give veterans preference. In New Jersey, if you're a veteran, you immediately get put to the top of the list above all else. If you're a disabled veteran, you're even higher than them. That's a civil service uh, commission here in the state of New Jersey. That's the rules for it. Not a, necessarily at a chief's department, but a civil service commission. Now, what people fail to understand is you actually have to have been in a combat zone to get veterans' preference. Now, you, some people have landed in a combat zone on a C-130, dropped off supplies, and flew back out. And under DD-214, they're now considered a war veteran. People were confused. They thought because they went to the military, that gave them the veterans' preference, and it did not. So you've got to reverse engineer what that means, what veterans' preference means. But, for example, in the state of New Jersey, having veterans' preference is a significant win. It is almost a gold card or a golden pass to getting hired somewhere. As long as you meet the qualifications at later on for through the application process, this is a big thing to have. So if you find yourself in a state where it's hard to get on the job, the question is commonly asked, should I move and go elsewhere? And everybody wants to run to Florida. And albeit, Florida certainly supports their law enforcement. The governor is phenomenal. You know, all the sheriffs down there are the ones who stand up and are not bucking down to the pressure of society or the politics of the far left. And they stand their ground and they understand what law enforcement means. But it doesn't mean that you should uproot your life because of the impatience that you have to be a cop. Typically, a lot of people who want to be a cop right away will find themselves going to either big city agencies or moving across the country or to other places to become police officers. Now, I'm not saying it isn't the right move. What I'm saying is you need to weigh the pros and cons of that. What I can tell you is a lot of people I know that left the state of New Jersey because it's very hard to be a cop here, went somewhere and came back. Or went somewhere, got stuck somewhere, could not come back because of residency requirements and were miserable. And actually, I know some people that actually quit their jobs came back and took the test here. And in the interim, took a job waiting tables or bartending or being a mechanic again to get back onto the job here in Jersey. The problem is if you can't buy that pension time back, you've now lost all that time. You won't be vested somewhere else. Typically, it's at least five years to get some kind of vesting in a pension plan. And you'll be able to touch it until you're in your probably mid to late 50s, if not early 60s. So if you're thinking about moving, here's a good one. Maybe move Within a driving distance. For example, I tell people in New Jersey, like, well, instead of rushing off to Texas, which is a great idea, like, I love Texas, great state, maybe check out Delaware. They're hiring, they're always hiring. It's an hour drive to Delaware from the middle of the state of New Jersey. So, worst case scenario, it could be about a two hour drive if you live in North Jersey, but then you could just relocate to the center of the state. 
So you can go to Delaware and grab a gig there and still be close enough to home where like, if you wanna go see your friends, you can go see your friends. Pennsylvania is another state that hires and they, a lot of agencies there will hire out-of-state cops. So you can work in Pennsylvania um, at these township police departments and live out of state. I know it because I've seen it. There are some states that require you to remain in the state of where you work. Some places require you to live where you work. Some places require you to live where you work when you're getting hired. And then after three years, there's all different rules. So you got to find out what the rules are for that agency. But I know for a fact that there are agencies in Delaware that you can live in New Jersey and work in Delaware as a police officer. So I would say go there. It's reduced taxation on your personal income. You might find that you like Delaware. Um, you know, Pennsylvania, the same thing. Income tax is different as well. Now, when I talk about going to other states, what I really want to caution you about is moving or working at significantly sized major metropolis police agencies. And I am talking about Philadelphia, New York, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, any of these places that are capitals, capitals of states, these massive, massive areas of a metropolitan city, you really want to exercise caution. Here's why. Typically in these big cities, and you just got to turn on the news to see it, the administrations, the political administrations, the agenda is anti-cop. In New York, every person who's running for office is running on a campaign that they're going to go after the police. So why on God's green earth would you want to work somewhere where they're actively going after the cops? You want to find a place where they're supporting the cops. And don't get enticed by these recruiters who are like, we have helicopters, horses, dogs, bikes, scooters, race cars, aviation, you know, all this stuff. Don't get enticed by that because I'm gonna tell you, you gotta do your time in the field before you're eligible for one of those positions. Typically, they pay significantly less than surrounding areas. And there is no question about it, not having administrative support, not having public support is going to weigh heavy. So you might think it's real easy to go grab a job at the NYPD because they're pretty much taking anybody with a heartbeat now. That's the truth. They are dying for people because they lost about 3,300 to 4,000 cops during the protests and the defunding of the police. And they cut a billion dollars out of the NYPD budget from a $5 billion to a $4 billion budget. You've got mass exoduses. And now they're left with this chaotic, out of control, non-law enforcement state where you have wonderful men and women at the NYPD who are trying their best, but are faced with an uphill battle of trying to get this thing under control again, and it's out of control. And if you make a mistake, they're gonna hang you, they're gonna send you to prison. That's the true shit. We're crazy to say this, but outside of those major areas where these district attorneys hate the cops and they're going after cops, Philadelphia, you can find solace in a place where they appreciate you. And they support the law enforcement. You got good administrative support. So I'd be very weary about going to these significantly sized police agencies. And it's not a far walk before you find out that nobody here is happy. Don't talk to the guy who's been there for nine months, a year and a half. Talk to the guy or girl who's been there for five to seven years, 10 years. Get the feel for the agency. And I would ask 10, 15 people, what's it like here? What are the most significant factors you should consider when picking or choosing a police agency is what's their position on proactivity? What do they want their cops doing? Do they want their cops stopping cars and finding drugs and guns and bad people and stopping crime? If they say yes, 
that we want you out there being proactive. We do not want you sitting under a tree, sleeping and doing nothing. We want you stopping cars. We want you asking questions, being proactive. This is a very good sign that this is a good agency to work for. And don't just take it at face value or take the word for it. Make sure you know for a fact. So some things to look for. They have an interdiction unit. They have a canine program. I'm not talking about a canine program for a bomb dog either. I'm talking about a canine dog that sniffs for narcotics, especially if they have more than one drug-sniffing dog. This is a good sign that they're actually proactive. Um, they have street crimes units. They have plainclothes units. They are constantly going out. The, there's a good portion or, or a good group of people there that go out and get it every night, and they've got good administrative support. When I say get it, look, we're the cops, right? So we're supposed to be stopping crime before they attack victims. We don't want people being killed. We don't want kids getting molested and raped. We don't want houses getting burglarized. So the police must be proactive in this sense to have impact. If you're becoming a cop and you don't want to be proactive, you may want to reconsider this profession because as a police officer, especially as a new one, you should want to be a police officer. You, want, you should want to go out and catch bad guys. So that's some advice there. Here are some other things that you must consider. Benefits, retirement, and here's a big one. In the line of duty, injuries. It is flabbergasting to me how many police officers are not considering what happens to me if I get hurt in the line of duty. What's crazy is there are states and pension systems that have no protection. If you are shot, maimed, injured, permanently disabled, you will get nothing. I would consider that. That is a significant factor on where I would go as a police officer because it happened to me. And I'm watching guys and girls being shot. I know a guy who lost a foot trying to get back to work because there is no pension to take. There is no disability benefit. So I would consider that. Benefits, retirement. Retirement's important. Maybe not at 23, but I'm going to tell you, start thinking about it at 41. So if you're going to a 401k plan and that's the deal, you know, you should speak with maybe a financial specialist of what does this look like? Two towns over or the next state over might have a significantly better pension system or pension plan. These are variables that you must consider. So the point is, I would not be looking at the place that pays the most. I would try to find a happy mixture of proactivity, good administrative support, a good area with a good backing who, who appreciate and support their law enforcement and you can make a good living at it. You don't want to work in a place that, yeah, they love the cops, but they pay $8 an hour. You cannot live on $8 an hour. You cannot live on $13 an hour. You cannot live on $14 an hour. So in that circumstance, if you want to be a cop that bad, I would even suggest I would move to a place where I can have a better, make a better living because it's going to be your living. And I'm sorry, folks, you can't live on $14 an hour. You just can't. I don't care where you live in this country. You are going to be fucking broke. People ask me about agency types. Big cities versus small town. What's the best to work for, county, state, federal? Well, let's unpack this a little bit. It doesn't matter. What matters is the culture and the things I already spoke about. What's the agency like? What's the position on proactivity? What's the administration like? What's the morale feel like? What's the medical and the pension and, and all this stuff? What's and, and the pay? These are things you have to consider as a whole. You might have some places where the county is the best place. You might have some places where the city is the best place. You might have some places where the local smaller town is the best place to work. Don't let the size of an agency dictate where you're going to go because it looks like they have the most stuff. 
You're gonna find yourself, if you avoid this advice, miserable, stuck, sometimes fired, or wishing you listened to this advice. So I'm telling you for a reason, so I can help you make a best make the best decision. And if you're a police agency that does not like the advice that I'm giving, don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me because you're having recruitment issues. Be mad at yourself. There's only one reason why people are not coming to work with you. And you gotta figure out what that is. Maybe it's multiple reasons, but it has nothing to do with me giving sane advice for people to have a successful career where they mentally feel like they've picked a good spot and fulfilling what they believe their career would look like. So people will say to me, well, I wanna go federal. But why do you wanna go federal? What do you wanna do in the feds? So if you're trying to go federal, there aren't many agencies at the federal government uniformed that actually do police work. They'll tell you you're doing the recruitment uh, seminars and these recruitment uh, you know, job fairs, but they're actually not. So things like, I try to knock it, most of them in Washington, D.C., most of the uniform police divisions in Washington, D.C., do little to no police work. Matter of fact, a lot of them aren't allowed to stop cars. There are police agencies there. I'm not trying to say anything to make those guys and girls feel bad. They're still cops. I get that. But I have worked at places where they literally are told, you're not making traffic stops. You're not stopping cars. That's not our function. They are security agencies. They have no interest in doing police work, and they do not want you to do police work. And a lot of time, there's strife between the rank and file who want to do police work, their authority under the color of the law and the badge, and their administration's position on, that's not what we do here. If you want to be a cop, go somewhere else. So the advice is, if you want to be a cop and do police work, go somewhere else. Go to a police department that you know answers service calls and does typical police work. If you're trying to be an agent, that's great. Matter of fact, I think being an agent in a more rural or lower paying police area is a significant move because it's smart. You can literally become a secret service agent, make $125,000 or $140,000 a year and live in an area where most cops make forty to 50000 bucks. So you're literally making double, if not triple, what the typical cop makes as an agent in those states. The problem with being an agent is this, you're probably not going where you want to go to start. So you're gonna have to be willing to move around a little bit for three to five years before you can get your transfer back to Kentucky or to Tennessee where cops make $38,000, $40,000 a year. And you as an agent are gonna live uh, you know, this stupendous lifestyle at $140,000 a year as an agent of, I don't know, the Secret Service or any other division, Department of Defense, whatever it may be. If you want to know how many different divisions there are the federal government for law enforcement, there's significantly more than you think. I would go to usajobs.gov and start doing my research using the internet to see where I might want to go, what might interest me. There are a lot of positions in the federal government. But for people in New Jersey or New York, it may be a better move or California to actually just work as a police officer in a police department. There may be more opportunity for promotion, money, better pension systems. You know, it depends. You've got to look at all these significant variables. I wish somebody told me this when I was new. The next one is people ask me, should I start in corrections? It depends. Do I think corrections equals a better cop? Maybe at first, but not in the long run. I know some phenomenal cops, a lot of them. We have over 40 at this agency, at this company right now. And I don't think any of them but me started in corrections. And these are some of those talented police officers in the world. I'm not knocking corrections. I'm not saying that experience doesn't help you initially on the road. It certainly does. But overall, long-term, no. Unfortunately for corrections, people tend to get there and stay there. If that's what you want to do, God bless. But if you had no intention of staying there when you took that job, 
I strongly suggest that you focus on getting out as soon as possible. When you work corrections, you may not be able to get to these police opportunities because you might get stuck working double shifts because they are so low on personnel that you may end up living in jail and in prison for the rest of your, you know, for, for a while. You may be doing 16 hour shifts. That is not uncommon one bit. And, you know, you just won't have the time to do the proper research. So I'd be very weary about getting to that side of law enforcement if you don't understand what your goal is to get in and get out. I, I can't emphasize enough that like, yeah, it's good experience, but it is a tough, tough job. And I don't know that I would ever encourage anybody to go take a position in that kind of environment because it is uh, it will fuck with your head. I mean, it really does. It's a it's. I still have PTSD from working in jail for two and a half years. Uh, you know, two years essentially in the jail before I was out on the road. And what a relief it was to get out of the jail and get on the road. So if you're working in corrections currently and you're trying to get out, sometimes your best bet is to get out if you can without trying to hurt your career and maybe take a position as a special somewhere, a reserve to get on the road so you can get yourself set up to get a full-time position somewhere else. That's just me. Uh, it's not for everybody. Some people, they love it and every, somebody's got to do it and I admire everybody in corrections that does it. I have a lot of friends that still do it. This is not something that should be looked down upon as far as advice, but I bet you they would tell you the same thing. All right, so you figured out where you're going to go. You know what you're going to do. I'd be weary about how far I travel. All these things I talked about, you found the place. You found three places. What do I got to do? Well, go to the website. Talk to the recruiters. What are they looking for? What do you have to do? What can you expect? Typically, a test, written one, followed by a physical exam. If you pass those two things, they'll probably send you on to a psychological exam, a medical exam, and in some states, a polygraph. Now, the polygraph, don't get too intimidated by it. If they like you as a candidate and you might be a little worried about some things that, you know, you're going to that's going to come out during the polygraph, if they like you, they're going to pass you. If they don't like you, they're going to fail you. The polygraph is a significant tool that they use to get rid of candidates that are unqualified. Um, do I think it's used properly at times? Sure. Do I think it's misused and it's a good scapegoat to get rid of unqualified candidates? Oh yeah. Yeah, for no doubt about it. But if you pass all those things, you'll have an interview with your chief of police, maybe before that or after that, whatever it may be, and then you'll usually get a conditional offer. Um, you know, conditional offer means that they're going to offer you the position. Uh, actually, now I'm thinking about it, it actually happens typically before you go and they start spending money on medical, poly, and a psychological exam. There are many things on the internet to know about how to take these psychological exams and these uh, polygraphs and stuff like that. And I would just make sure I continue to research things that I need to know about going forward. There's no secret about what the process is. I wouldn't get super nervous about it. I don't think there's ever a means to an end. I don't think whatever you screw up can't be undone somewhere else. And there's always a police agency that's looking for personnel. And from what I've been told is standards have been dropped significantly because they can't get anybody to work it and they have spaces to fill. And a lot of things are changing in law enforcement in the sense of we need people. So don't beat yourself up too much, but I'm telling you all this stuff for your benefit, for your happiness. I just talked to a guy today that he went to an agency. It was toxic. He thought he'd stick it out. He'd, he'd go against the grain and he's done. He's fired. They fired him. Had this advice been followed, not that I gave it to him or that he I can say anything about it, 
But had he heard something like this about really picking where you're going to go, making sure it lines up with who you are, you know, maybe his, uh, maybe his future would be different. I'm always convinced that anything that happens to you is a blessing in disguise. There's a reason why he no longer can be a law enforcement professional, but we don't start a career with the intention of it being over before it even begins because of a poor administration, because of administration that doesn't like the idea of police work. And folks, if you're new to this and you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm telling you it's prevalent, it exists, it's toxic, and you're going to find out rather quickly, and as people are sitting here listening to this podcast, they're going, eh, he's not lying, he's telling the truth. I'm envious of those men and women in law enforcement who work for wonderful police agencies. There are sheriffs all over this world, deputy chiefs, chiefs, leaders, politicians who support law enforcement, and I can't be thankful enough for all those people. But I have not really ever experienced that, and when I write like these Instagram memes and shit, I'm like, this is like my past coming out and some of the things that I'm saying because I don't want to see you go through the things that I went through or the things that I witnessed. Um, the unfairness, the politics of it, the nepotism, it will become mentally draining on you. It'll actually suck the wind out of your sail and you'll go to work unenthusiastic. And in a profession like this, you can't be unenthusiastic. And you know what? You should be enthusiastic. So if I've missed anything, I don't mean to miss anything. I'm trying to give value. This has been asked to do a podcast on this. I took the time out today to try to give everybody a little bit of context. And that's essentially what I have for you. Please write in uh, via DMs on Instagram or info at streetcop.com how you want me to further be on this or if you disagree with it. Hopefully you guys found some value in this. Guys, if you're in an area where you're trying to get to our classes, but we're not close to you, fret not. We actually have on-demand training at streetcop.com. You can take that course online right now, and then you could attend that training in the future at no additional cost. You can redeem your voucher, so you get two for the price of one. We don't want to deny you the ability to take this training now, especially knowing that it can keep you safe at a very minimum, putting bad guys in jail where they belong, and at the maximum, going home to your family. Check out streetcop.com for that offer.